You're now listening to the Real Estate CPA Podcast. Your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Real Estate CPA Podcast. We're back to talk about crypto for a second time in a row. And this time, we're going to answer some questions that we frequently get from clients and members of our new Tax Smart Crypto Currency Group. If you have not already joined that, feel free to go to facebook.com slash groups slash Tax Smart Crypto Investors or search for Tax Smart Crypto Investors on Facebook, and you'll be able to find us right there. While we all know minimizing taxes are important to growing your portfolio, before we jump right in, another important aspect of growing your portfolio is making sure you have the right accounting system in place. And while there are plenty of general business accounting software options out there, they're not designed for landlords managing rental properties and can feel clunky and overly complex. Landlord Studio, on the other hand, is designed specifically for do-it-yourself landlords. They offer a full suite of tools designed to help landlords save time with their income and expense tracking, as well as property management tasks like rent collection, rental listings, lease management, and tenant screening. One thing I found particularly impressive was its ability to connect bank accounts to view and reconcile transactions from inside the software. And by using Landlord Studio's mobile app, you can digitize your receipts and the software automatically lifts and imports the receipts details. Landlord Studio is also a great way to stay tax compliant, particularly as they offer a number of different financial reports, including Schedule E, where rental properties are reported on your Form 1040. You can learn more about Landlord Studio by heading to www.landlordstudio.com CPA. Again, that's landlordstudio.com CPA. We'll drop that link in the show notes below. But for now, we'll jump right into today's episode. Did you see the uh, the, the big price drop like yesterday? Yeah, yeah in, in I crypto? I did. Yeah. So, so I was like looking that up and I saw that it was primarily from the Fed's tapering policy to fight inflation, which is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are scared that the rise in interest rates and the lack of liquidity, the availability to get money is going to hurt You know, things like stocks and crypto. And you've seen it drop significantly. It was going back and forth between like 53 and like 56 over the last you know two or three weeks. And now it's dropped. Uh, I think this morning I checked, it's dropped down to about 47 or 48. And I think it went a little bit lower than that this morning. So it, it is definitely a very volatile market. But uh, the, the funny part is that El Salvador, they bought the dip. They bought the dip. So who bought the dip? The country of El Salvador. Um, oh, wow. Interesting. They're really that's interesting. Yeah, they built uh, they're building a crypto city, uh, excuse me, a Bitcoin city um, right near a volcano. And they're going to use the thermal energy from the volcano to provide the power to mine cryptocurrency. So, you know, El Salvador is is going is going in on cryptocurrency for sure. Wow, that that is uh that is incredible. I had no idea. Uh, I also learned this past week thanks to Larry Shaw in our Facebook group made me aware of helium mining. So you can you can set up a uh, like a a 5G network device in your window in your office. You just you buy it, you plug it in. And it mines helium or you get rewarded helium when you pass certain authentication tests that are essentially pinged to you by other people around you that are doing the same thing. And the whole idea is to create a decentralized 5G 
cellular network is my my understanding of it. Very rudimentary understanding of it because I just learned about it a few days ago. But I thought it was amazing. So I, I looked up, they have a map online. Like if you were to Google helium mining, I think it'll take you right to the, this website that I'm talking about, but it has a map that shows you people around you that have this, this device set up and it shows you how much they're earning every month. Or, or you can like see all their earnings, I think for the past like year or something like that. Uh, so that's pretty incredible too. Lots of cool opportunities in the crypto space. Uh, if you start paying attention and you got the metaverse too, we were talking about the metaverse all week last week with our team, and that's some crazy concepts there. I mean, you got land sales going for two point five mil. There's a uh, this virtual land, two point five million dollars, right? So, so, so everybody here is all about real estate, real hard assets, and all that stuff. But you're missing this entire world that's transacting land in the metaverse, it's virtually virtual land. Um, and there was one for two point five million dollars last week. There was a, a virtual yacht sold. $650,000 last week too. I mean, it's, yeah, this stuff's it's, happening all around you folks. So you you got to pay attention. Yeah. Just interesting to see how it's all going to play out in terms of what the real utility of all of that is right now. It's just, it seems like a wild, wild west, but uh, I'm interested to see how that actually plays out in terms, I was going to say plays out in real life, but it's going to be the metaverse. So the real life metaverse, like what is that yacht actually going to mean to the person who bought it on the, in the metaverse, but we'll see. Well, you can you can host parties, right? It's the the crown jewel of that particular metaverse, I think. So you can get your VR goggles, take your little avatar, and meet other people on the yacht party. That would be interesting. You know, you see societal trends shift towards the metaverse instead of going to some big party in some fancy ballroom or some fancy place in like New York City or something like that. Uh, you go to an, a very exclusive, high end luxury yacht in the metaverse, and. Uh, you know, I could definitely see, you know, the fear of missing out, driving a lot of people to to buy into the metaverse for sure. And I mean, hey, look, if you're if you're listening to this and you think there's no utility for crypto, there's no utility for the metaverse and all that stuff. I mean, I guess you'd be right. Right. I mean, you can't like physically live on your six hundred fifty thousand dollar yacht, but that doesn't mean there's not value. Right. I mean, I mean, value is determined by the people, the market. And if somebody's willing to pay you something, then then it has value in theory. So. Be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Shall we jump into some of these questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's jump in. This is a tax podcast. So let's start with some, some tax questions. All right. All right. So one of the questions that a lot of our clients have asked and a lot of people in general has been focused around applying the tax trader status, also known as TTS, to cryptocurrencies. So we're not gonna, I'm not going to give a whole entire in-depth overview of what that is. I'll go over it briefly. But basically, when you trade, when you trade assets, you know, like stocks, bonds, etc., uh, you're considered an investor. And as an investor, you get capital gains tax treatment, long-term capital gains if you hold it for a year and a day, or short-term if you hold it for less than that. You're also limited on the amount of expenses that you can deduct as an investor. However, what the tax trader status allows you to do is it allows you to become a professional tax. You basically become a business. You enter the business of trading. And when that happens, a number of things happen. A few key highlights is you're allowed to deduct your business expenses. If you're doing this personally, you're going to report this on Schedule C. So it's expenses for accounting fees, expenses for things like courses and, and trainings and advice and all the other things you would see when running a business. So that's one of the benefits of the tax trader status. Another one is mark-to-market accounting, and you avoid the wash sale rules. So 
Uh, long story short, as I understand it, instead of saying, okay, I sold the stock today at a gain and sold it at a loss tomorrow or something along those lines, you're not allowed to take the loss against the gain. Uh, what they do is they wait till the end of the year and they value your stocks at the end of the year versus, I think, your cost basis, if I'm understanding it correctly. And that's when your gain or loss is determined, your profit for the year. So it's very beneficial for people who are high frequency traders. Um, and it's very common to see people trying to get into that when, when trading stocks and other financial instruments. So a lot of people have been asking, you know, can I apply this to crypto, right? That's been the question. Can I apply TTS to crypto? And the answer to that question is, as of today, no. So TTS is found under Section 445, and they define uh, basically securities and commodities are allowed. Basically, when you qualify for TTS, you, you can apply this when you trade stocks and commodities. And as of today, cryptocurrency is considered property, and it's not a security or a commodity. And for that reason, you cannot use TTS for cryptocurrencies as of today. We went through the bill, Biden's bill, not too long ago, and there was nothing uh, but the proposed bill, Build Back Better plan, and there's been nothing in there specifically about Section 445 and crypto. However, they do want to add the wash sale rules uh, in for crypto, and we talked about that, and that's probably likely to come to fruition, but unfortunately, no TTS for now. All right, good stuff. Now, next we have wash sale rules. So last last podcast, we mentioned that, I think we mentioned that the Biden tax plan, or, or we've mentioned this in one of our prior podcasts over the past couple of weeks, the Biden tax plan that is still going through the Senate right now includes a provision that basically applies the wash sale rules to cryptocurrency. So what are the wash sale rules? The wash sale rules prevent you from tax loss harvesting, essentially. So if I own Bitcoin and I bought it at 52 $52,000. And now it's at 47, like Tom just said, right? So it's all this large decrease over the past day. Um, I could sell that 52,000. I could sell at 47, even though I bought it at 52 and I could buy it back immediately at 47. Now, why would I do that? Well, first I have to have a long-term belief in the, in the asset, right? If I were doing this, my, my assumption would be that I believe that long-term Bitcoin is increasing in price. So I want to hold it long-term. So I sell it at 47, but I buy it right back. And that aligns with my belief that long-term, it's going to go up. It's going to appreciate in value. But the reason that I sell it at 47 is because I bought it at 52. So as it decreases, I can sell it and I have a loss, right? I have a $5,000 loss if I sell the asset. But I bought it right back because I believe long-term it's going to go up. Right now, you can do that with Bitcoin. Right. You can't. So, so this drop that everybody just experienced, you could sell, buy it right back. And you're able to claim that loss on your tax returns as a capital loss. But if you believe long-term that Bitcoin's going up, you, you, you buy it right back and you stay in it. But with the Biden tax plan, they're implementing wash sale rules for cryptocurrency to essentially prevent you from doing that within a 30-day period. So I can't sell at 47 and then immediately buy back. I would have to sell, wait 31 days, and then buy back. So you lose some flexibility if those wash sale rules get applied. Now, I would expect they would. Just be aware of that. And if you want to still kind of use the wash sale rules, if you still want to like capture that tax loss without necessarily um, hitting the wash sale rules, what you could do is when it hits 47, you buy more, essentially the same amount that you already have in. And then 31 days later, you sell the original one. Uh, but maybe by that point, it's already back up. So maybe you don't have to, and maybe you're you're winning even more. So, so that's that's averaging down. You average your cost basis down when you buy more along the way. But you can also sell 
some of that old value off and you might be able to claim tax losses as a result of that at some later point. I didn't really do a good job of explaining that double down strategy, but it does work. It does exist. And that, that's what people do in the equities markets, right? So if I'm, if I'm buying stock, trading stock, that's something that people do a lot in the equities market. They double down, they average their cost basis down, and then they sell some of that original value on that 31 day mark to avoid those wash sale rules, but still capture a tax loss. Yeah. And that's that you could still do the wash sales at least through 2021. We'll see if the Build Back Better Act finally does go through in its totality, it's passed in the Senate, then that was likely not going to be allowed anymore in 2022. So just something to keep in mind and keep aware of if you are you know, looking to do some wash sales. If you want to take advantage of that, just keep in mind what could happen in 2022. So I have an interesting question for you. So Larry Shaw, this is, this is coming from our TechSmart crypto group. Larry Shaw asked, you know, I've got this helium mining that I was explaining a few minutes ago. I've got this helium mining going on. Um, is that earned income? Is that going to be ordinary earned income? Because it's not really, I mean, you're just buying a device, you're throwing it up in your window and then you're earning credits essentially that yeah. turn into cash. Yeah. So, uh, so from my understanding right now, that mining itself is considered earned income. It's ordinary income. It's not a capital gain, but I think it's going to be whether or not that's non-passive or passive income is going to be dependent on whether or not you materially participate in it. But right now it is ordinary income. Yeah. I don't have any, uh, any source documents for that specific question or any sources for that specific question. I would agree though, it is ordinary, it's earned income. And the reason is I, I akin it to like like investing in ATM machines. You know, ATM machine investing is it's passive, right? By nature, but it's still ordinary income. And so that that's the way that I would I would I would kind of map this one. I, I don't know if it would be subject to self-employment tax though. I'm taking a look at it now and from the source that I have here, it's Dyrus classifies mining income as self-employment income. And taxpayers may be responsible for self-employment taxes on the income from mining. Mm, interesting. It's considered a business activity, I think, at this point. Whereas like when you're trading it or you're buying stuff that's already been produced, then it's kind of like development of real estate, right? You can think of it that way. When you're developing real estate, quite often, if you're going to sell it right after you buy it, it's going to be considered ordinary income subject to the self-employment taxes. So here you're kind of developing a cryptocurrency by mining it, say helium, for example, and then you're going to sell it on the market. And then basically people who buy it on the secondary market, it becomes an asset to them. It becomes property, uh, capital asset, and then they sell it and they're going to get uh, capital gains treatment on their profits, the people who sell it. So this is how it works, right? So you mine the crypto and your cost basis in the crypto becomes the cost basis at the moment it's mined. So if you mined it and the market price was 250 when you mined it, well, it's $2.50 is your cost basis. Now, if you go and sell it after that, that's, I think, when you're going to get capital gains treatment. But when you actually mine it itself, the actual creation of the cryptocurrency, that's the ordinary income. All right. So another major question we get, and we kind of touched on this on last week's episode, and that's how can you use real estate to kind of offset some of the gains, the capital gains taxes you might get from your, your sales of cryptocurrency that you might have bought and at a lower cost basis than you sold it for. And one of the most immediate questions we get about is the real estate professional status. Can you use the real estate professional status? Um, so if you do qualify as a real estate professional, you go out, you buy property, you generate losses from it. Uh, you can use those losses to offset your gains from cryptocurrency, but you have to be aware of the excess business loss rules, right? Because crypto 
uh, if you're buying it and trading it and you're not mining it itself, it's going to be a capital asset. It's not a business, right? And that's why people want to use the TTS status, tax trader status to turn it into a business to avoid the excess business loss limits. So uh, kind of long story short, you could be a real estate professional, go buy rental property, do a cost seg, generate losses, and use them to offset your gains from crypto, which are going to be capped at in 2021 if you're unmarried. So if you're single, the most you can deduct is going to be 262,000. If you're married, it's going to be 524,000 in 2021. Now it's going to increase in 2022, but right now that's going to be the max losses you can take against other income, like your gains from crypto. Yeah, crypto and real estate play really nicely together. If you've earned a lot of a lot of gain in the crypto markets and you're looking for ways to offset that gain, re- real estate is perfect for you. I mean, you can certainly like roll a lot of your gain into qualified opportunity funds and get real estate exposure that way. But you can also buy property right up the road. Um, and there are rules around it. We talk about those rules on all of our podcast episodes on what specifically you need to be doing, qualifying as a real estate professional, passive versus non-passive, that type of stuff. But you can absolutely offset your crypto gains with real estate if you structure it right. All right. And same thing with short-term rentals. If you can go back in previous podcast episodes, uh, listen to that and check out a, you know, short-term rentals. You don't need to qualify as a real estate professional. It could still be non-passive if you materially participate in the business and you can use short-term rentals as well. One of the things that Justin Shore mentioned, he's one of our senior advisors here at the firm. He was on a previous podcast episode. He suggested using a qualified opportunity fund, going ahead and making an investment in one as a way to defer and perhaps reduce the gains you have from crypto. So if you were to invest in a qualified opportunity fund, by the end of this year, so that's 12-31-2021, and you hold it for at least five years, uh, you're going to be able to get a 10% step up in basis. And the way I always describe this is if you have a $100,000 gain, you invested in the fund, you hold it for five years, that 10% step up in basis is basically going to reduce your capital gain exposure down to $90,000. So you just save a bit of money. Now, if you have very large crypto gains, obviously this could be quite lucrative. Now, if you hold your investment for a totality of 10 years or more in the qualified opportunity fund, the actual gain on the qualified opportunity fund itself, uh, the appreciation on the fund is tax exempt. So this could be something worth looking into if you are limited on your options on what you can do with your crypto. And the last one that I'll say is uh, CRTs, Charitable Remainder Trusts. Uh, essentially, with a Charitable Remainder Trust, you donate the cryptocurrency to the Charitable Remainder Trust. You get a tax deduction. It pays you out a source of income. And then at the end of the term, the crypto or whatever you would donate to the Charitable Remainder Trust would be donated to a charity. So that's another option that's really popular out there right now if you're looking to uh, try to you know, avoid some of the capital gains tax. All right. So that's about all the questions we have for today. I'm sure we'll be doing future episodes on crypto as we continually get questions from clients and members of various communities we're a part of. Uh, So if you have any questions, you want to post them in the Tax Smart Investor Facebook group. Again, go to www.facebook.com slash group slash Tax Smart Crypto Investors. Join the group there. We'll love to answer some questions. So see you there. Until next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. 
to become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.